I think we can all agree that navigating through this life takes a certain measure of faith. It takes faith to believe that when we turn the faucet on, water will come out, and that our car's navigation system will take us to the place that it says it's going to. If it's so easy for us to put our faith in the man-made things of this world, then why do we struggle with putting our faith in the Lord and believing in His promises? All that and more coming up now. Well, welcome back to the show. <laughs> it's been a... Uh, We've had, we've had a long commercial break here. Uh, it's been about two years since we've sat together at these microphones, Chris. That's crazy. How the heck are you, man? I'm doing good, man. Two years have gone by. A lot of things have changed. But here we are back in the studio recording again. Yeah. I, you know, there must have been a time where you were thinking, I know me, but like, is this ever going to happen again? Yeah, we, we definitely, I mean, we've talked about it for everybody out there. We've talked about it a couple of times starting it back up. I, we even like sat down and recorded an episode that will never see the light of day, I believe, right in the beginning of that break. Oh. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, right in the beginning, we sat down in my basement and we recorded an episode and then life life got in the way. That's right. Life, yeah. life really did get in the way. <laughs> so for for those of you out there who, uh, who have never met us or uh, don't know us, me personally, I had triplets that are almost two years old now. Well, I didn't. My wife had had the triplets, <laughs> right. and she she has the triplets right now. She, you know, get the time, get the time away to be able to, to get to record this show. But um, yeah, they're almost two, and uh, they're doing great. And it's uh, every day is they're a beautiful. Every day is a journey. Thank you. Yeah, triplets. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot different. Life is nowhere as near where I thought I would be if I had to project two years down the road back in 2019 or 2018 when we found out was it 2019 no it was 2018 when we found out we were pregnant yeah we had them in 2019 wow so in 2018 if i had to project you know at that time the eagles had just won the super bowl we were living on cloud nine <laughs> and then like woo man so i would have never expected to be a father of three within nine months <laughs> i know that's a, that's a big change in anybody's life yeah going from zero children in your house to three yeah all at once mm-hmm. big time yeah it's amazing yeah. how about you man kids are getting older wow yes almost my, graduating almost graduating high school getting ready to go to college uh my little one is graduating eighth grade going into high school wow and uh yeah uh me, my wife and I, no, not yesterday, two days ago, celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. Wow, so, congrats. Yeah, thank you. It's That's amazing, too. 30 like years. 30 years. I got of, my sixth of, coming up. Uh, that's that's good. I'm just scratching, scratching the surface on you, man. Uh, <laughs> six is good, believe me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so our girls are getting older. We have uh, this month, uh, my one daughter will be 18, my oldest. And my youngest will be 14. They both had the same birthday. And uh, it's amazing. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, we celebrate their birthdays on the same day. They're four years apart to the day. So this is a big month in that we celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary and our children are celebrating the 18th and 14th birthdays on the same day. Later Wait, in so month. in March, yes, oh, it's all in March. All in March. That's wild. That's a pre- like we're in the same boat. Our wedding anniversary is March 7th. And my kids are born. We're born April third, 
So it's not within March, but it's like within that 30 right. day, you know, so it's like we do our wedding anniversary and then my kids and then my birthday. I don't know if you know this, but my kids are April 3rd. I'm April 4th. Oh, I remember that yeah. from a couple of years ago, but I forgot it. Yeah. So the, the running joke in my family is when Sarah was in labor, I asked the doctors if we could keep them in one more day. <laughs> So, which wasn't a good joke at the time, but no, now it's funny. <laughs> it didn't go over too well. No, nah, she wasn't too happy with me asking that. Cool, man. Well, hey, I, I'm super excited to be back doing this. Um, me too. I feel like the time that we're in as a country, as a world, just t- the times are very tumultuous and there's a lot going on and Christians especially, I was thinking about this really last night and in the, into this morning uh, on my way over here, Christians especially, I think, are a bit lost. You know, I, I, I just feel like there's a lack of understanding on how to read God's Word and apply it to what's going on and to understand right and wrong even. You know, it, am I making sense with that? Yeah, no, you're making sense. I mean, a lot has changed in our world since, yeah. since we have done a podcast or radio broadcast yeah because this is airing on both those they're airing on the radio worry less radio and also on the podcast so since that we've had COVID-19 right which changed our world we've had a lot of political things happen which changed our world but I would agree with you 100% that navigating through these things and walking with the Lord at the same time seems like a lot of folks of faith have lost their way. Yeah, they don't know where to fall on right. these issues. Right. You know, and it's like, as a believer, we need to be able to clearly put our stake in the ground and say, this is where this is where we fall, this is where we're standing, and whatever happens, we're not wavering. Right. Because, right, God is the same as he was yesterday. as he is today, as he will be tomorrow. So like God, we need to know what we believe and stand by those beliefs. And so what better time to reintroduce this show to be a voice to those believers out there that might be struggling with some of these issues. Hopefully we can be that voice for, you know, someone who, who needs it to say, you know, this is, this is where I stand. And, you know, this is where my foundation is. And I'm, I'm going to stand strong on my foundation. Right. And, and you know, the hope is that there are people listening to us who have no foundation, who don't mm-hmm. even know who the Lord is. So like, yeah. they may go to church or they may have given their lives to the Lord. They may have not given their lives to the Lord. But I know that we have talked in the past, like, our we feel like our job is to help that person as well as the, you know, Christian who's been around for a while. But both of those types of people... We want to just help them uh, walk with the Lord, enjoy God as a father. We talk about God as a father a lot, um, which is a foreign concept to some people, especially right. the new believer. Like when I first became a Christian and gave my life to Christ, man, I didn't even know what the Bible was. I didn't know anything. And so I know for us, we just want to help people navigate through life, walking with the Lord, enjoying Him as a father, going through very rough times because... I think people need to understand that too, that as a Christian, you're not exempt from trials, right? You're not exempt from heartache, unfortunately. You're not exempt from pain. 
But the difference is you can go through all those things I just mentioned with God by your side. But how do you do that? You know, so that's what we're here for. You know, we're, we're, we're here to help. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's great. How do you do that? And, and that's, I love listening to your stories because you have so many examples in your own life of how you've depended on God as a father and how he's taught you, you know, these things. You know, how yeah. God, the name of your ministry is God Taught Me. Right. So it's uh, if if you're a new believer and you're wondering, you know, how do how do I develop this relationship? Well, Chris is gonna, Chris is going to tell you because he's been through it all. Wow. Yeah. The school of hard knocks, I guess you could say. Yeah. Right? There it's, you go. You know. Yeah. I mean, well, one thing's clear for me that I try to keep in the forefront of my mind. Sometimes I do forget it, but there's a promise in the Bible, and uh, I was just looking it up. It's First Samuel two thirty, and this is what it says. It says, uh, those who honor me, I will honor, right? Those who honor me, God says, I will do something. I will honor you. And a lot of people don't even know that that verse exists. And uh, there was a guy who created this food chain. You may have heard of him. His name is Truett Cathy. (laughs) (laughs) Truett, no, never heard of him. (laughs) Who's that? (laughs) The founder of Chick-fil-A. Uh but he was on 60 Minutes, I think, or one of those things, and I, I wound up catching it being broadcast. And so they were very curious how his company, which is only open six days a week, can outperform people that are open seven days a week. So they were intrigued, and they said, you know, what, what are you doing differently? Is it the, like, chicken sandwich? Is it, you know, the fries? Is it, you know, what is your secret? What is your marketing philosophy? And he simply said, because he's a simple man, he's a, he was a country guy, you know what I mean, from, from down in Georgia. He had that strong accent. But he said, I honor God. And they were like, they skipped right over it. They said, okay, yeah, yeah, we get it. You honor God. But tell God. us your marketing plan. Right, tell <laughs> yeah, us your marketing yeah. plan. He said, they actually said that. Tell yeah. us your marketing plan. They, he said, that is my marketing plan. I honor God. That's awesome. And the promise in the Bible, what he was referring to is, those who honor me, I will honor. So if you honor God, God's going to honor you. Right. And so, but the mystery is, well, how do I honor God? So on this show, we want to teach people in many different ways how they can honor the Lord and, and in, in turn, God honor them, honor their lives, you know? So I think that's not the secret. Like, I don't want to sit here and say that's the secret to the Christian life, but boy, it's one of them. Yeah. You know, discovering how to honor the Lord, and what you can do on your part. What is your job? What is your role to do that? Once you discover that and you start to implement it, God's going to honor you. He, he honored Truett Cathy, you know what I mean, with this company called Chick-fil-A, and he's gone in heaven now, but I think the Lord's hand is still on that company. You know, if you ever drive by one and look at the drive through Yeah, it's always something's around, going the, on. always around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I just heard that they're like the number two – fast food company like right behind mcdonald's so i think mcdonald's still has the lead and i could be completely wrong on this but um but they've jumped so many other you know it was there was was kfc in there there was burger king in there taco bell like all these other chains that we fast food chains that were like ahead of them for years and years and years but as they've continued to honor god you know they've just gone up and up and up and up and up and like you said in the beginning to be able to do that with six days of service versus seven to right. be right behind McDonald's as the number one fast food chain. 
It's amazing. It, it's pretty, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, there's definitely some truth to that, I think. Oh, absolutely. And so that's a goal that I have, Can I, you know, to honor God, uh, it, you know, to our listeners right now. I'm hoping there's folks listening to us that have no clue what we're talking about, but stay tuned in one episode after the other, you know, and then start to learn uh, what we are talking about, you know, how to honor the Lord, how to live for the Lord, and and then experience God as a father, uh, which was a foreign concept for me when I first became a Christian. Yeah. So, like, I'm hoping that there's people listening to us, TJ, that just stumbled across this broadcast and like, what are these dudes talking about? Enjoying God as a father. A lot of people don't know, you know, what that's even about. Uh, but if you look in the Bible, Jesus referred to God as a father. Yeah, Abba, right? Yeah, Abba, Abba Daddy. Father, yeah. it's like Daddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that's what I think we're here for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this broadcast is here for. Definitely. So in light of all of the things that I hope that we can get into as we move forward with this show, um, I think you picked a great topic for us to get into today. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really just something that you told me as we were sitting down setting up that's been on your heart lately. So yeah, so just break into that for us. What's, yeah, what have you been thinking about lately? So basically I, I've been thinking about, you know, because the Bible talks a lot about faith, right? Believing in God, um, not only believing in God that he exists, but believing in what he can accomplish in your life. And, you know, it's all through the Bible, you know, basically without faith, nothing really gets done in heaven. And I just felt like God was pressing on my heart lately to me personally saying, Chris, what are you believing me for? Like slow down, stop, take a break, put the pause button on. Let's talk about, let's have a moment. And the moment is, you know, because you have three kids, you have triplets and, you know, you have a job, you have a wife and all these things, you have ministry, uh, you know, and I'm busy as well. But at the end of the day, what are we really believing God for? What do we want God to accomplish in our lives, if anything at all? Because I think folks come to church week in and week out, which is good. That's beautiful, right? Um, I highly recommend it going to a really solid church. But at the end of the day, what are you believing God for? What are you pressing in to the Lord in prayer and actually asking him to do like something impossible that you cannot do, right? Because God is the God of the impossible. Uh, So I started this conversation with the Lord. What do you believe in God for? Which led me to this podcast, which we're going to talk about, uh, about faith and, you know, People say every, everything is possible, you know, anything is possible. But to whom is that person, you know, that everything is possible for? Is there one type of individual that everything literally is possible for? I just want to take a look at the scriptures and try to discover who that person is, because I believe there is one type of person that everything is possible for. And I believe Jesus uh, will show us that, you know what I mean, through, through some scripture this morning that we're going to look at. For example, TJ, uh, in the Bible, in Mark uh, chapter 9, there's a story in the Bible that talks about a a dad who had a problem, and the problem was he had a son who was demon-possessed. We know uh, from the scriptures, you know, some folks in the Bible are highlighted because they were tormented or possessed or tortured even uh, physically and mentally by the demonic 
you know, powers. In other words, a demon, right? So there's this one instance in Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 16, when a dad heard, I guess he must have heard that, hey, there's this group called the disciples, there's this person called Jesus, and they have cast out, you know, many demonic uh, demons. So why not bring my son to him? You know, because he's suffering. He he goes into convulsions. He does all these things. So he said, I I'll bring him to the disciples. So he did that. And I'll just read in verse 16 what, uh, what begins. Because what happened was the disciples were not able to extract this demon from this child, right, by faith. And so... So Jesus walks up and he sees a commotion. He sees the dad arguing with the disciples and there's all kinds of stuff going on and it's probably chaotic. And so starting in verse 16 in Mark 9, Jesus said, what are you arguing, arguing about? He asked. And so a man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. So his son is mute. In other words, can't talk. And verse 18, whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at his teeth, and becomes rigid. That's pretty scary. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And here's Jesus' response, verse 19. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. Probably saying that in frustration. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Wow, it's like a, like a horror movie, Yeah. right? Verse 21, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. But, the dad says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Verse 23, if you can, question mark, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for, for, one, for the one who believes. Everything is possible to him who believes, another version says. So here's the situation, a demon-possessed son, and the dad ultimately says, hey, if you can help us, Jesus, have pity on us. And help us. And Jesus goes, wait a minute. If I can help you, question mark. It's not about me helping you. It's about can you believe? So when I read this the other day, I was like, holy cow. Right? It's not about, you know, it'd be like me bringing something to Jesus and him saying, Chris, it's not about me helping you. I want to help you. It's about you believing. Can you believe? There was another... Uh, situation in the Bible where two blind men cried out to Jesus as he was walking by with a crowd. They said, son of David, they hollered, have mercy on us. And the disciples actually told the two blind men to be quiet. But Jesus turned around and said, bring them to me. But when he brought, when they brought the two blind men to Jesus, Jesus asked them a question. What do you want me to do for you? They said, Lord, that we may have our sight back. You know, we may see again. And Jesus said, he didn't just heal them. He said, do you believe I can do this? And they said, yes, Lord, we believe. So what do you think Jesus said? He said, go, it is as you believed. That's what messed me all up. Because like 
Okay, Chris, if, if Jesus went around telling people, it is as you believed, it'll be done as you believe, it's happening as you believed, well, what am I believing God for, right? Because it'll be done unto me as I believe. So that's what started this whole idea for this, for this broadcast. What am I believing God for? And to our listeners, what are you believing God for? Is there anything at all that you would like to see change in your life? And if there is, and you're relying on God for it, you're going to need to believe God, you know, for that change. So uh, that's that's what I'm talking about. You got any thoughts on it? I do. I have, I have a couple thoughts. A couple. I, you know I love playing devil's advocate. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, uh, I, you know, I, I think sometimes that we should call this show The Pastor and the Punk. Wow. Because I, I always feel like I have something to throw out at you that I'm trying to always throw curveballs at you and see what you can come up with because that's just how my mind works. So how much belief is required for the impossible? And I'll tell you why, why I ask that because if you've listened to our old shows, you know that we've both, and like Chris prefaced in the beginning, like being a believer doesn't mean you are exempt from hard stuff, right? That's so like right. we've definitely not. Yeah, and we've, clearly both been through some really tough stuff. Yeah, we have. Um, you know, just go back to some of the old podcasts and listen. Um, it's, yeah, life is, life's tough. Just life, life comes with trials. It just does. And there's been times where there, you have no other option than to cry out to the Lord. Mm. And I would be lying if I said in those moments I 100% with my whole heart believed that what I'm asking for was going to, to happen. Right. So that's, that's what brings me to that question because, so just let me, I'll use my mom for, for an example. Um, you know, just quick backstory. My mom has still has a brain tumor. Um, it's, it's non-cancerous, but it was growing so rapidly and so much that it almost killed her. And she had to have emergency surgery and had to get as much removed as they could. Um, long story short, she ended up in a coma. Uh, we didn't know if she would ever wake up, talk, you know, walk, whatever, do anything again. Uh, you know, everybody that we could find, we asked to pray for my mom. You know, everybody we knew that, you know, yeah, even had a little yeah. bit of faith was praying Ooh. for my mom. Yeah. So my mom is, uh, she's, she's alive and she's... She's doing well. Um, she's she's handicapped now, but she's alive. Um, you know, she knows who she was. Um, she knows you know knows who she is. She's definitely not who she was, but she's alive, and you know, and she's right. gets to enjoy her grandkids. And she needs a lot of assistance and a lot of help from you know my family, my dad, and um, which I, I give him a lot of credit to be able to serve her in the way that he does. Um, but anyway, I, you know, like I said, I would be 100% lying if thoughts of doubt didn't creep into my mind when we were praying for my mom to be healed. Right. So, but here my mom is. So that was something that was, I don't want to say it was impossible for her to be healed, right? Like, so we didn't think this was going to be an impossible thing, but we didn't know if it was going to be possible. Does that... If that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, look, I remember that ordeal with your mom and you staying and sleeping practically up at the hospital and 
you know, nobody knew yeah. what was going to happen with your mom with the brain tumor. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the doctors said. It was just like, we just have to wait. Wait and see. So I would say this. I mean, my mom passed of cancer. My dad passed from cancer. My brother, one of my older brothers, passed from cancer two years ago. Um, and of course I prayed, you know. Uh, now, I've also prayed for people. I remember praying for a woman who had hepatitis C. She actually came back with the paperwork saying she had no hepatitis C. I don't know how God does all that, and I know this broadcast, we're not going to get into that. But I do know this. There is a God in heaven who still today honors and answers prayer, right? Now, how he answers is obviously up to God, but he does answer prayer. You know, we've talked about it many times on this broadcast where let's take two types of people. A person who seldom prays about anything and a person who prays about everything. Who's going to see more answers to prayer? Obviously, it's the person who prays about everything. Statistically, mathematically, not even biblically, the person who learns to rely on God as a father for everything is definitely going to be successful in the realm of prayer, right? Because God is the one who created prayer. He, it was his idea, basically. He's a pro-prayer God. However, there's always this question especially when it comes to healing and sickness, mm-hmm. which I'm not an expert on and I don't have all the answers, right? And really, I don't know anybody who does, to be honest with you. No, there's people that, Jesus. that say they there's have all the answers, it, There's but people they on TV that say it, <laughs> uh, you know, and they're good-hearted, well-meaning folks. But the reality is nobody really knows but Jesus Christ. However, Jesus has said in Scripture you know, there was a woman who was bleeding all the time, and she went to the doctors, the Bible says, and that in Mark chapter 5, you can find the story. And she said, uh, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Now, here's a woman who is bleeding, and the Bible says spent all her money on the doctors, and she, the Bible literally says she even got worse. Her condition worsened. But she said, if I just touch this guy who's going around healing people, his name happens to be Jesus, I'll be healed. She did that. She touched the hem of his garment. She didn't go to Jesus face to face and say, hey, Lord, can I ask you something? Sure. What is it? Will you heal me? She she didn't even do that. She just said, if I touch his garment, I'll be healed. Jesus was walking at the time she touched his garment. He stopped. and His disciples basically said, what are you doing, Lord? He's like, somebody touched me. And they were like, Lord, there's hundreds of people touching you. There's a crowd around you. He said, no. Basically, somebody touched me with faith because power went out from me and did something. But he, being half man and half God, didn't know who touched him. And he looked around, and he saw a woman trembling, and she was scared. She didn't know what he was going to say, but she knew that she was healed, and she was healed. And Jesus said, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. So there is this component of faith that we cannot like jump over and dismiss or sweep under the rug. And then there is this other component of healing. Does everybody get healed? How much faith does it require for my mom to be healed of the brain tumor or for my brother to be healed from cancer? Do I have enough faith? Do I lack faith? And here, like another kicker is I've, I know people that blame themselves mm-hmm. because they don't believe they had enough faith. So, so say your brother 
how easy would it be for you to blame yourself for your brother right. if you didn't have enough, right. you know, that, that you had enough faith? Yes. So where, like, where's the happy medium there, you know, like yeah. for, for just the, especially for the new believer, that's like, I'm believing God for all these things. Right. And, you know, yeah, I would say it, it would take a lot of faith for me if you brought a demon possessed son who's rolling on the ground, foaming at the mouth, becoming rigid, you know, screaming or whatever else. It's going to take faith, right? I would say this. How much faith? I would say probably not much because faith is genuine. It's like something that when it exists, God knows it. When you're believing God, you know it. You're like, this is going to happen. I don't care what, what you say. I don't care what he says. I don't care what the newspaper says. I'm believing God. It's not just healing that you need to believe God for. It could be anything, right? It could be for a job. It could be for the pay your month's rent. We know people, because we've been in ministry, that can't make their rent, you know, and uh, or, you know, a whole host of things. But one thing that seems to come up, because 50% of marriages end in divorce. So there's a lot of spouses in America that go to the other spouse and say, hey, by the way, today I'm filing for a divorce. That's going to happen today. As we're recording this broadcast, somebody's going to say to their spouse, I want a divorce. Mm, you wow. know, Somebody on the earth today is going to pass away. Somebody on the earth today is going to be born. Somebody on the earth today is going to get a job. Somebody on the earth today is going to crack open the Bible. But somebody on the earth today is going to say, I want a divorce. How they got to that point? You know, there's a lot of different reasons, right? Uh, it could be a, it could be a thousand different reasons, but I'm just saying that we have seven billion people, almost eight billion people on the earth. Somebody is going to speak the words today. I want a divorce, right? That could be a listener right now. They could either heard those words or they're going to speak those words. But does God repair marriages? He does. We've seen it. We've seen marriages end in divorce, but we've also seen marriages. I've seen marriages, two of them. I'm not going to go out there and say I've seen 15 of them. I've seen two marriages go all the way. File for divorce. Get the divorce. Sell the home. You know, decide who's taking the cat and the dog. And I've seen two marriages do that and then get remarried. I've seen one. Yeah, so you've seen Which one. Which is still amazing. It's yeah. amazing mm -hmm. to me. And so, you know, they hired the lawyers. They paid the lawyers. And they got this divorce, and then they got remarried. And the two marriages I'm talking about, they're still doing good, right? Miracle to me. Anyway, somebody's going to say, I want a divorce. You need to believe God to repair that marriage, right? You could read every book on marriage. You could go to seminars on marriage. You can go to a marriage counselor. At the end of the day, the power is going to be in prayer, right? Crying out to God and also believing God. So... How much faith is it going to take to believe God to repair your marriage? You know, I don't know what the meter is on faith. I just know there's a point when you say, I know God's going to do this. I don't know how he's going to do this. I know God's going to do this. That's the type of faith I think Jesus is talking about. You know, um, it's all about trust. Like, we don't know the how. We don't know how God's going to repair this marriage. We just believe he will at the end of the day. Uh, so... But if you're doubting and you're saying, this marriage is never going to get fixed, there's no way. Your neighbor tells you, dude, I just saw your wife in Wawa talking to her girlfriends, 
saying, you know, you're a jerk and she's so glad she's divorcing you. What does that do to your faith? Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like, okay, you're right. Let me go pack. Let me finish doing what I was doing, which was what? Packing my bags. Yeah. Right? So there is this faith component. Jesus responds to faith and, uh, it, it, it's important for us to walk by faith, as the Bible says, and not by sight. But there are two examples I'd like to talk about, and maybe they'll help us understand how much faith we need, you know. So the one example is in Matthew chapter 8, starting verse 5. It's a talks about a centurion who's a Roman guard, a Roman soldier, you know. Be like today in the United States, a Marine. Back in Roman times, they had centurions. And so uh, verse 5 of Matthew 8, when Jesus entered this town, a centurion, the soldier, came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I go and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but you just say the word and my servant will be healed. That's amazing. Verse 9, For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was, one word, amazed. When Jesus heard this dude speak, he was amazed and said to those following, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And then if you drop down to verse 13 of Matthew 5, Jesus said to the soldier, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And a servant was healed at that moment. Wow. Go, it is as you believed it would. So the question I get from this for me personally is, Chris, what do you believe in God for? Why is it important? Because according to Jesus, it's only going to be done to what I'm truly believing God for. You know, uh, which is not easy to believe God for like a broken marriage. When you got everybody and their brother telling you your marriage isn't going to be fixed. You got your own wife telling you your marriage is never going to be fixed or whatever. How are you going to believe God when everything you're reading, hearing, seeing is telling you the opposite? And so... That's the, that's the secret sauce, you know what I mean, to faith, I think, is what do we have to do to believe God, right? How much faith do we need for somebody to be healed or for a marriage to be restored? I don't know, but I do know that believing God is really important. So I guess what I want to say, TJ, is if, you, if, if we focus on a lot of things in life, one of those things should be how to build our faith, right? Because it's going to make a difference. It's going to pay dividends, in other words, in our lives. It's going to make a difference, you know. Are we always going to have faith? No. Our faith is going to tremble and be shaken at times. There are 12 men who walked with God, Jesus Christ, and they were called disciples. And they lost their faith several times. One time, Peter got out of a boat by faith and was walking on the water. But guess what happened? The Bible says he looked at the wind and the rain lost his faith, and fell into the water and started drowning. Who saved him? Jesus. But guess what Jesus said to Peter while he was lifting him out of the water? Why do you doubt? 
right? Another time, the disciples are in a boat. There's a storm getting ready to rip the boat into pieces. Jesus is actually sleeping in the boat. And they said, Lord, don't you care? We're about to die. And you know what he said to them? Where is your faith? That's the first thing he said to them. Then he rebuked the wind and the waves, and the storm calmed. And they all were like scared of him at that point. They're like, who is this man who commands the wind and the storms to go away? But the thing is, you got to really hone in on Jesus' words. His words were, where are your faith? Where, why do you doubt? So I wonder how many times Jesus Christ has probably said to Chris, Chris, where's your faith? You know, I don't know, I don't know where it is. I got to find it again. You know what I mean? So does that make sense? Any of that? Yeah, it all makes sense. Um, and you know what I love about the, uh, the story of Peter, right? So here's, here's what I want to say to people today that are listening to this podcast and possibly struggling with this or going through something hard where they feel like they need an extra measure of faith to get through it, right? God isn't always going to answer your prayers the way that you think they need to be answered. That's true. Right? But when you look at that story about Peter walking on the water, the what God is asking of us is to have faith that he will answer your prayers. Right. And in, 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 in his way. Right? So when we pray for healing, it our way is a physical healing on earth. His way sometimes is that way but also his way might be a complete healing in heaven, right. right? We've all been through that before. That's right. Now, the importance or what he asks of us is to keep in constant communication with him and to bring everything to him, right? So what we talk about knowing God as a father and, and building that relationship with God, that's what's important. And it's important that you, you take those requests to your father knowing that he he will answer those requests in some way right that's where the faith comes in you have to trust that he's going to answer those requests in some way but it's not always going to be your way but the importance and i don't want i don't want to gloss over this because when you look at that story with peter what happened why did he begin to sink right and it doesn't say it specifically but he looks at the wind and the waves and if you, if you really like circle back around on that, he took his eyes off Jesus. Right. Man, it's so good. And that's true. That's exactly what happened to Peter. And that's exactly what happened to me several times in my life where I've taken my eyes off the Lord. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And, you know, I think a perfect example at this point would be Abraham. In Romans chapter 4, um, Starting in verse 19, there's a story about this man named Abraham. He's called the father of, of uh, many nations, right? God chose Abraham for a purpose. But here's the thing. Abraham was 100 years old, and guess what God told Abraham? What did he tell him? <laughs> <laughs> he told him he's going to have a baby. Right. Okay, so here's a man that that is 100 years old, and the and God tells him, you're going to have a baby, right? So Abraham could have did two things. He could have, he could have laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and fell on the ground holding his stomach 
and just was like, you won't believe what God told me. He told me I'm going to have a baby. I'm 100 years old, you know? Well, there was a man in the Bible that did that to God when he was told he was going to have a baby. Uh, Zachariah? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. John and the we Bap- see, And we know what happened with him. Oh, yeah. It didn't go over so... Yeah. Yeah. He lost his power to speak. Right. Until the baby was born. Until the baby was born. Yeah. Yeah. The angel Gabriel did that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, sorry to derail no, you there. No, that's fine. Uh, I, a- do, I do love that story because it's it's pretty clear cut. Here's a man that, there were two men that were told the same thing, essentially. Wow, that's a great point. And clear cut. Zachariah and Abraham. Yeah. Here's the man who had the faith and here's the man. Who didn't. Yeah. Right. So back to Abraham, verse 19 of Romans chapter 4 says this about Abraham, and not being weak in faith, not being weak in his bench press, not being weak in anything else, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, who was his wife. Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. That's how we waver through this thing called unbelief, comma, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he, meaning God, had promised, he was also able to perform. Now let me break that down. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. So the Bible says Abraham was given a promise that he was going to have a baby, right, at 100 years old. That's key to the story. It's not like he was 30. The Bible says he had a body, and it was as good as dead, right? Mm -hmm. Abraham did not consider his own body, but what he considered instead, he was fully convinced, Abraham was, that what God had promised, he was also able to perform, right? So he had a promise from God. I think that's key. He didn't waver at that promise. He said, God is fully convinced. But what the key is for me, he did not consider, verse 19, his own body. Here's where I go wrong in my personal walk of faith. I consider a lot of things, right? I may consider my bank account. I may consider what you tell me. I may consider what the newspaper tells me. I may consider the wind. And the waves, in other words, like Peter did, started to sink in the water. Abraham, though, he didn't consider it. Abraham could have walked into a doctor's office, and they could have laughed Abraham out of that office, right? The doctor could have said, Abraham, do you realize you're 100 years old? And Abraham wouldn't have considered the doctors mocking him. He considered not. So I think I don't have all the answers. I don't know who's going to be healed. Who's not going to be healed? I don't know how much faith it requires to see miracles, but I do know this. One way my faith, Chris's faith, can get stronger is by considering not. By not considering things that will steal and destroy my faith. And I have an example. One is I had a speaking opportunity to go down to a town in Florida many years ago, over 10 and I was scared to go. And the church uh, was going to receive me and go down there. And we were going to minister to folks in the town and preach. I, I shared that with a few people who were older than me and the Lord. 
And you know what happened? True story. They talked me out of it. I considered what they were throwing at me versus going and, and doing the, the, the mission event. Another time, I spoke in another place, and a bunch of people gave their lives to Christ. It was incredible. And I felt the Lord speak to my heart and say, now go move to another town and do this again. That was in 2014. That's plenty of years ago. You know what I never did? I never went to that next town and preached because I was saying to myself, considering my own thoughts in this occasion, well, nobody knows me in that next town. Nobody's going to show up. I'm going to go and tell people I'm going to speak at a certain place in an auditorium or whatever, and nobody's going to come. And I know there's people listening and saying, well, you should have just went in obedience to God. It would have still pleased God even if zero people came. And I agree with them. You're right. But I'm just being transparent and showing and telling people, you know, that I didn't believe God. And I never went. And the clock kept turning. And now here I am all these years later, right? I considered my own thoughts. I considered this. I considered that. What didn't I consider? The promise of God. So it crippled me, you know, and a lot of people didn't hear the word of God because of those decisions. Now, you know, I've written a book, Worry Less, Pray More. I've written a new book, uh, Who Said God Won't Forgive You. You know, I've done things since then, but I've done them by faith, you know, the difference. So it's like, I learned, you know, through the school of hard knocks that faith is important. But what's dangerous, TJ, and really what I want to get out on this broadcast is, man, you got to be careful what you consider versus considering, you know, the promise of God. So that's, it's a, that's what Abraham did. He considered not his own body. And, and guess what happened to Abraham? He had a baby at 100 years old because he believed God. Phew. That's amazing, isn't it? So if you're out there right now and you know, you're thinking, what can God do for me? What can't God do for you? Really starting with forgiving you for every single thing that you've done wrong under the sun. No matter how wicked and vile or whatever you've done. The first thing God wants to do with us, TJ, is he wants to forgive us through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is, it just blows my mind, you know, how God offers forgiveness through a substitute, you know, mm. like we're supposed to die for our sin, that's what the Bible says, right? but we're not going to die for our sin if we give our lives to Jesus Christ, which is amazing. So, but you may be listening to this broadcast saying, you know, I need this to happen in my life. I do have that broken marriage. I have broken finances. I have broken health. I have difficult bosses that I work with day in and day out. Well, then there's only one answer. You need to believe God to change those circumstances. And the only way you're going to believe God is by not considering anything else but what God will do. Even, TJ, if you, because we talked about, you know, your mom's brain tumor, my brother passing away from liver cancer. Even like you said earlier, if you just believe God that he's going to do something, right, that he's going to answer your prayer in his way, in his timing, you still need to believe God for that. Right. Right? You don't know what, how he's going to do it, but you need to believe God that he hears you and that he's going to, 
you know, move on your behalf some way, somehow. Exactly. And that's what I think is really important. Um, I mean, you know, I, just as you're talking, I think of the story um, in Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, where they were told by King Nebuchadnezzar that the whole, you know, the whole ruling nation that King Nebuchadnezzar, I forget what, what country it was, um, just off the top of my head, but he, he made this gold statue and every time the bell rang or whatever, they had to bow down. The whole nation had to bow down and worship the statue. And these three guys said, absolutely not. We're not doing that. We worship one God. And he said, well, and I'm going to throw you guys into this fiery furnace and burn you up if you're not going to do that. So he gave them one more chance to do it. And they said, no. And he said, well, what God do you think is going to save you? Because he built this God, you know, this God isn't going to save you. So what God is going to save you? And they basically said like, we don't have to prove ourselves to you. We believe in our God. So throw us into the fire. And even if God doesn't save us, we're not bowing down to your statue, right? So they didn't know, like these three guys, they didn't know what God was going to do with their faith. Wow. They just had the faith, right? Yeah. So they didn't know if God was going to save them from the fire or if he was going to let them burn up in the fire. Either way. And going, going back to my mom, you know, we just had um, at our church, we just had a midweek service where um, it was awesome. Uh, it was a, a, just a night of worship, which our midweek service is like another Sunday service typically where we have a, a pastor that speaks and, um, and you know, there's like three songs in the beginning and one song at the end, just like a normal service. But this, this uh, Thursday, our pastors really just wanted to center down on worship. And um, we, we did this thing at the end where we, you know, they, they did a quick little message about what, what door are you hoping God's going to open, which is similar to what we're talking about today. Right. And then they had uh, all these old doors at the front of the church where you could pin, you know, your prayers to the door. And my mom was like, my mom was in attendance and she was like one of the first people up there. Um, and it's amazing. And I she, actually saw her. I was at that service. Yeah, it was, and man. It choked you up. It, yeah, it was choking me up just right, because. she I, walks with a cane. She walks with a cane and, and she's slow, and yeah. she's slow and she had that brain tumor and she walked up there and you know, was going up there to pin something on a door that she wanted God to do. Yeah. It's amazing. And she, like, my mom has never, she she's worked so hard to get where she is, right? And she's about, like I said, she's about 70% of who she was physically, mentally, like all across the board. Um, and she's worked so hard to get back there, but she's never stopped believing that she's going to be 100%. Wow. And... So that's one of the things that she pinned to that door. Wow. And she told my sister as she was, as they were leaving my, cause my sister brought her to the service that night. Cause she can't drive herself anymore. But, um, she said, yeah, I thought I was going to walk out of there and be healed. Wow. And I didn't tell her, and I, I still like, I want to tell her, but then at the same time, I don't know if I want to tell her because I want her to continue to believe, to have the faith that she can be healed because she right. can be 100% healed, right. right? Nothing is impossible. Is it is it unlikely in our earthly thinking? Yeah, but it's not impossible. But what I wanted to tell her was just by her going up there and showing that she has the faith, like that was, it almost to me, it's like baptism, by her walking up there, it was an outward expression that she still has faith that she will be healed, right. you know? And man, what kind of testimony is that to those around that are going through their own stuff, right. struggling to have the faith 
to walk up and pin their prayers on that door. That's amazing. You know what I mean? And I like, uh, I wish like now I'm like kicking myself because I wish I would have told her what I'm what I'm telling you and what I'm telling our audience that, man, you could be going through something and just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they don't know what the outcome's going to be. But the testimony to the other people watching them to look at these guys and to look at someone like my mom and to say, wow, she still has the faith, man, I'm going to keep my faith. Right. You know what I mean? These three guys have the faith that, you know, God, they don't know what God's going to do, but they know he's going to do something. Look, that's amazing. Uh, you got a great point there and your mom, what a great testimony. And you're right. Those three guys said, we don't care what you do, King. We don't know if our God, we don't know, we don't know what God's going to do. But we're not bound down to this false God by faith, right? You burn us up, we die, but we go with the Lord. Right. God plucks us out of the fire, we're still with the Lord, but we're doing this by faith. That is, you're right. That's incredible uh, testimony. And, you know, I, I have a personal story where I watched a guy who had $130,000 in debt. He was a contractor. He owed a lot of local companies um, money because he was a builder and the building boom uh, busted and, you know, real estate wasn't selling like it was. And he just got all jammed up somehow in, in his business and he owed $130,000 to like, let's just say like the Home Depot, Lowe's and a couple all the supply houses. Yeah, all the yeah. supply houses. And he went over spreadsheets left and right with calculators with his wife on her kitchen table at night. They wrote this. They wrote this plan. They wrote this financial plan. Uh, and then he finally said, he threw his calculator and said, my calculator can't help me. Only God can help me. And he got on his knees and he prayed to get out of debt. And he somehow rose up in faith. And he came to me. He said, Chris, God is going to get me out of debt. And I'm like, really? I mean, like, I'm a pastor, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, he's going to get you out of this $130,000 worth of debt? Yep. I'm believing God. I don't know how, and this is the key. He said, I don't know how, I don't know when, but God has comforted my heart and told me to trust him to get out of this debt. So I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Guess what happened, TJ? Over about a year and a half time, he got out of debt completely paid off all those supply houses. Uh, everything's amazing. Wow. One time, he, my brother, it was my brother, he had, a, <laughs> <laughs> he had a backhoe, and I was helping him on this one job, you know, and he's getting out of debt. Every job, he was taking the money, he was paying off these supply houses, and his backhoe broke on this one job and he had like six feet to dig and he mm. needed to dig it because there was an inspection coming in the morning and that you know needed to happen and then this thing needed to happen. So my brother's a man of prayer too and he prays, right? All of a sudden I'm standing there, his backhoe's broken and I hear the sound, what I think is a backhoe driving down the highway, the, the road that is, that is coming down, Route 30. And this was in Berlin. And uh, sure enough, it's a backhoe. And it pulls in the driveway of this place that my brother's building. And it pulls up to where we're standing. And the door flings open. And the driver of this backhoe says, hey, I was wondering, do you guys have any extra roofing shingles? My brother looks at me, looks at the driver and says, yes, we do. 
He goes, hey, would you mind digging this last six foot of hole? My backhoe just broke. And the guy goes, sure. Spins the, spins the backhoe around, digs this thing, and I'm in awe of what just happened. That's amazing. How does that happen? I mean, who, first of all, who's dry, who doesn't jump in their pickup truck to go down the road and it's, see if the guy has shingles? Who drives a backhoe? <laughs> I'm telling you this. I was there. The story is, I know we got to wrap up. My brother got out of $130,000 worth of debt, right? One of the jobs that was used to pay off that debt was that one right there that, that he was on. Wow. Which I was helping him out with. And uh, it's just my brother believed God, you know, to get him out of debt. And if my brother would have considered his debt or considered what other people were saying, you know, you're never going to get out of debt. You know, you should do this. You should do that. I don't think my brother would have believed God. And I don't know if God would have showed up. And he showed up big time that day with the backhoe, right? So all I want to say is, listen, we don't have all the answers, you know, when it comes to faith, healing, and all these things. But I do know that Jesus was amazed when a soldier said, Lord, you don't have to come to my house. You just speak the word, you know. So I want to get to that point. I want to get to the point where my faith amazes God. And one of the ways I'm going to be able to do that is by not considering other factors or things that I see. You know what I mean? So if you're listening out there today, consider not. Just consider what God has promised you. Get into the Word of God, get into prayer, crying out to God for a miracle, whether it be in your finances, your marriage, or your home, whatever it is. And then don't consider anything else except what you're believing God for. And I believe some way, somehow, God is going to move on your behalf. Amen. 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 For more information on anything that Chris is doing, visit GodTaughtMe.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play.